What's up, guys? It's the So You Can Relate podcast with Joyce and Adafala. Okay, let's go. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the So You Can Relate podcast. This is Minnesota number something. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know what this is, but we realise you guys have been so deprived of Minnesota's recently, and we have so many random small things you want to talk about, so we're going to do that today. First question I have for Joyce today is, have you ever written a song before? I am a songwriter. <laughs> People don't know this. <laughs> do you know? It's so crazy, because I've never even admitted this to someone yet, but I saw a tweet yeah. about it a while ago, and the tweet was basically something along the lines of like, do you ever like just record yourself singing? I am the queen. I'll be like, nah, like I need to get a record deal ASAP. Like I will record myself singing. So when I was younger, I used to make up songs a lot. Yeah. Some of my songs would slap. Like I actually <laughs> remember some of like one yeah. song in particular. It was always gospel because your oh. girl, your girl's been saved from young. But um, yeah, like I used to make up songs a lot. Like, so I think I have like, one song in particular I also remixed the song there's a Hillsong song that I remixed you remixed yeah oh. um oh it's called the I think it's the stand I remixed that one. Oh, I love the stand oh it's such a lot it's a heartwarming song I love yeah. it too yeah um so yeah I just I like I used to also like listen to like instrumentals like worship instrumentals and then just like remix it or do that inversion and all of that mm. um but yeah I just find it so fun yeah how about you, girl? Uh, yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> I had albums. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. Like, I would not do that now. Like, it's nothing to do with what I am, what I am nowadays. But when yeah. I was younger, I used to love singing so much. <laughs> <laughs> if you gave me Microsoft Word when I was younger, I was going to write a song. Yeah. And I remember the first song I, I wrote was called um, I'm Going to Walk in His Love. <laughs> <laughs> it was gospel, obviously. Come on. <laughs> I used to just write bare songs. I don't even know how I remember the tunes, but it was like a big word document. And I'd write the songs and I'd edit them and I'd like sing them over and over again. And I'd, <laughs> and I'd, and I'd make each song a different color. Um, wow. I, I remixed one song. Do you know that you know the album um The Rebirth of Kirk Franklin? Yeah. Yeah. You know that song he has uh called is it called why do you cry okay yes yes, yes. <laughs> i know that song <laughs> some depressing song <laughs> oh he is the king of depressing song have you had the song he'll take the pain away <laughs> oh that song is depressive oh Jeez. my god it's so bad <laughs> as if you're sad that you play that song <laughs> no it will, even sadder. Uh, it will literally take you there on that note imagine me as well Imagine me, yeah. so depressing. Um, but yeah, I loved off all those songs. So I used to like remix them sometimes. Or I'd just go on YouTube and type in like, um, uh, what's that song about your blood being red from that album too? Um, like it doesn't matter what colour you are as long as your blood was red. <laughs> I don't know that one. <laughs> I used to literally, oh, like Lean On Me by Kurt Franklin. Oh, I love Lean On Me. Like the most depressing songs he had. I used to just oh. go on YouTube and just like sing along to them. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I could probably access the songs now if I wanted to, but I don't think I'm going to do that. But yeah, he used to be a songwriter, you know, 
when I tell you, the thing is, yeah, I would just record my songs because if I wrote them down, I'd forget the tune and it would yeah. bug me. Yeah. So I would just see a list of words and I can't remember the tune anymore. Yeah. And I used to feel like deep, like my songs were like God inspired. Like I used to deep and be like, oh my God, God has just given me a song. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, looking back, yeah, it's actually hilarious. But I'm actually, I feel like I have a knack for making up songs. Like mm-hmm. if you put me in a room for like an hour, and you give me a theme, I could actually make up a song. Like, I don't find it difficult. That's why, really? like, I'm actually, time ago, when I was about 16, I think around 16 years old, um, I was part of the youth worship team. And um, weirdly enough, there's a church that we all used to go to in first year, yeah? You know mm-hmm. who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Um, the daughter of the girl from that ministry actually came to coach us at my home church, oh, which is so cool. weird. Yeah, so when I went to... Um, the church we're talking about mm-hmm. and I saw her I was like oh my god I recognized her anyway besides the point um so they came she came with the team and they were basically teaching us a bit about spontaneous worship because they're really into that remember how much they love spontaneous worship at their church <laughs> it was actually like, it was actually else. serious Aye. it was disorienting because it's like I don't know where you're going next so I'm exactly you can't follow them like it's, yeah yeah some people love it but yeah so um she was like, we're just going to go into like spontaneous worship and, you know, whatever song comes to your heart. Like, <laughs> so my cousins were also in the worship team and they just couldn't do it. They were like, I can't think, my, my cousin, one cousin in particular was like, I can't think of any song. Like, I'm sorry, that I can't make one up. <laughs> For me, it came naturally. I was just doing my thing, do you uh-huh. get what I mean? Hey. So you're that worship leader who will start a new song on stage during the break. And it's like, <laughs> where's she going? <laughs> but do you know what you got to do you got to make it like a bridge like something yeah. that's repetitive for people to catch on to I feel okay. like yeah, yeah. if you want it to be corporate worship but yeah, yeah I always found stuff like that quite relatively easy it might not be like a full song but like a, a bridge repetitive bridge would you ever be like a, a gospel ghostwriter mm. that's an industry <laughs> that is an industry right there I wouldn't yeah. mind you know yeah. Some people come up like, do you know what song I think is really well written? Take me to the king. Mm, that song is like, fantastic. The words are fantastic. Like whoever yeah. pieced that together. Do you think it was really Kirk Franken? Oh, possible? it was Kirk Franken actually. Yeah, it was him. Yeah, right. Because yeah, the man, like they're besties. I'm not surprised. But don't you think like now thinking about like those old school songs? Yeah, nowadays with like the um, contemporary um, worship. Yeah, contemporary Christian worship. Do you feel like does I feel like the worship industry is like it's becoming extremely repetitive? In what sense? I feel like musically, like a lot of the songs sound the same. Are you when you say that? I think of a certain music group. Yes, me too. Yeah. <laughs> like I love, I and do you know what? I probably love them, and I probably listen to a lot of their stuff. Yeah. I think there is like a repetitiveness, and sometimes like mm-hmm. some of the lyrics. I, I don't want to be this kind of person because sometimes I hear people saying, oh, like, it's not every worship song you must sing and all of that. And sometimes I just think to myself, it's not really that deep. Mm-hmm. Like, people are just expressing their worship to God and whatever song, like, they choose, as long as it's not, like, you know, horribly bad, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But I do think that sometimes it's, like, the old school songs, like, had so much depth and, like, meaning. Yes. And now it's kind of, yes. like, it can just be, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh. All you need is a room. A room 
that looks nice. Some yeah. Christians wearing baggy clothes and a <laughs> and some drums. Get them to jump. That's yeah. all you need nowadays. Oh, I tell you. Obviously, I'm no songwriter. I'm no singer myself. So I can only drag to a certain extent. Mm. But I know heart of worship when I see heart of worship. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sorry. I know as the deer when I hear as the deer. As in, oh, yeah. That's the thing, though. At the same time, do you know when a classic is being made? Because do you think that when Heart of Worship dropped, everybody was like, oh my gosh, they're going to sing this song for decades and decades and decades at least. You're right, yeah. Because maybe it, maybe that's all it takes. Maybe all it takes is for somebody to just kind of make, uh, you know, some kind of gospel song popular again for it to suddenly become a classic or something like that. Do you get what I mean? So I guess yeah. maybe those songs aren't wiring us right now because this music group drops 10 albums a day, first of all. And there's like a billion songs on each album. <laughs> no, I hear that. And I just think to myself, like, even like taking like the worship element of it aside, yeah, and just as a like a normal, I don't know so much about the music industry, but as a consumer, yeah, if you're constantly, constantly, constantly putting out so much music, it kind of like, I think you need that sort of demand. You need that sort of thing of like, oh, when's the next album coming out or whatever. And when it's so like, consistent it's a bit different but do you know what at the end of the day maybe their purpose is not supply and demand maybe their purpose is to just worship and put their worship on display and if that's what it is then obviously like you know it makes sense but um yeah yeah it's weird it's a weird one like I think that question that you asked about like do you know like if a classic is a classic yeah I feel like there's sometimes where in the moment you know it's a classic have you ever had that before? Like you heard a song and you're like, oh my God, this song is timeless. Like in 20 years, they're going to be playing this song. Yeah, gospel or even non-gospel. Like, There's a fine line with that because normally when a, when you feel like a song's going to be a classic, it means it's been loved by so many and played a lot and it, you like it. And mm. sometimes it can get overplayed and then you're just like, oh, I don't want to hear this again. Essence. So there is a fine line with that. Yeah. But... Um, there are some worship songs that are like, you don't know if it's just popular for the moment, if it's gonna. Can you think of a song that came out like 10 years ago and it's still like popular now and you think it's just gonna continue to be a classic? The first song that came to my mind was Umbrella by Rihanna. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> no, <laughs> we we as a community had a bondage to that song. It was a stronghold. I think that song is a classic. Because I went to um, a bar a few weeks ago and they played that. Everybody was having the time of their lives. That really? song survived the 666 conspiracy. That's how you know it's good. Ah. Like, ideally, it should have been stamped out because, you know, she's the devil and all that jazz. But that song is quite timeless. Um, as for gospel, <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess just to be basic, I feel like loads of Kirk Franklin songs. To be fair, maybe not so much of his new music is like classics. Like songs like Love Theory, for example, really, yeah. really good song, but I don't think it's like a classic. Something like I Smile. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say it's a classic, but it's it's still popular. Like you play that now and people will still sing along. Um, yeah. I Smile was very like commercial though. Yeah, it was very commercial. I felt, yeah. But I think, I think it goes back to what you were saying earlier about like, oh, what did you say exactly? Basically about it having like depth. Yes like simple depth sometimes at least for me even despite being someone that loves poetry somewhat times the worship is too flowery for me to feel like it's going to last that long 
Mm-hmm. Like, when I go back to songs like Heart of Worship or Draw Me Close as the day, they're so, 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 so simple. A lot of them are based on Psalms as well. And yeah, Psalms you're right. Are simple too. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is where you can find a, a gospel song that's classic, but at the same time, yeah, where the spirit leads, you know, the spirit flows or whatever. So it doesn't really matter in, you know, in general. But I think classics are usually the most simple songs, at least for gospel, and the songs that can touch anybody anywhere at any time. Yeah. Sometimes these these like new gospel or like new contemporary gospel songs that are coming out or like the soft rock gospel songs, a lot of them are quite, dare I say, quite specific. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Quite specific. Like, for example, um, let me think of a song by Maverick City. <laughs> Sorry, oh God, I've said their name now. <laughs> Sorry, and that's just the perfect example. Like, what song can I think of? And by the way, I I know I love these people. Oh, yeah. I love them. Yeah, don't get me started with them. I really love their stuff. Yeah, but I do feel like what we've said is still true at the same time. In our <laughs> humble opinion, my humble opinion. Uh, okay, let's just say we, what's the one that he did. Like, um, oh, what, what was it called again? Who did? in love with you, most beautiful. Which yes, so in love. Yeah, yeah, fantastic song. Changed um, my life. Love it to bits. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think there's just a bit of a, there's a beautiful complexity to that. It's a good complexity. But sometimes when your heart is crying out and you just need a worship song to sing right now, obviously, yeah, it can be uh, most beautiful, but sometimes it's just going to be the most simple gospel song you heard when you were growing up. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's because you grew up with it, so it's like ingrained into you. But those these new songs are very poetic, very flowery, very complex in the most amazing way. But I think there is like an inherent beauty in those really, really simple songs that always derive from Psalms. And there are two music, um, two musicians who do that really well. Fred Hammond and Israel Houghton. I absolutely love their music because sometimes I'll be just reading my word, you know, reading my word. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my gosh, Fred Hammond has this line in his song. or Oh, my gosh. Israel has this line in his song. Maybe that's why I love that song so much. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Do you ever have that time where you like read the Bible and you see a line that you heard in a song and it's like, wow, that's why it hits so much. You yes, know what I mean? Yes, yes. I think that's where a lot of that simple beauty comes from as well. Like, you know, the original manuscript, God himself. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Do you know yeah. what? And it's so true. It's like that scripture that says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So when you're worshiping mm-hmm. and you're actually hearing scripture, it kind of builds up your faith. And I, and it's nice, like some of these songs can be really relatable and they don't have scripture to them and they're still just as meaningful. But I think it being scripturally based is just really a, a nice touch and it it gives it that wholesome element. But mm. for me, I've always enjoyed like simple worship songs. Like one that comes to mind is, um, it's called Jesus at the Center of It All. And you know the oh poem? Oh my says, God. <laughs> From my heart to, to the, the heavens. heavens. Yeah. Jesus be the center. It's all about all you. About you. Yes, all about it's you. Yes. All about you. <laughs> oh, when that comes on, yeah. And oh, you know, like, hits. it hits. And you know, like, when, when they amp it up and then the drums cut out and then... Oh. <laughs> Fantastic. And the, and the congregation is just singing it and it's just, yeah. like, the best ever. Mm-hmm. So... I've always been a fan of simplicity and worship. I think it 
yeah, it's yeah. just beautiful and sometimes it can be quite difficult you know when a, a, a song is really has a lot of language in it and you've mm. got to read and concentrate and read and then you're trying to watch it at the same time sometimes it can be a bit distracting yeah but if you kind of pick it up and you know it and it's repetitive and you know whatever mm-hmm. it might be then yeah and I found that in a lot of the songs I was singing in church growing up like let's say the African Pentecostal songs although sometimes I don't really know where they come from sometimes it's just Africanized gospel songs or whatever yeah. <clears throat> but songs like Oh, let me think. Praising the Lord, praising the Lord always with all my heart. Um, yeah. Hallelujah, my Lord is good. Or um, you alone are worthy, Lord, to be praised and adored. You've been faithful through the ages past. That's oh, I love, I love that praise. song. As in, it's just it hits every single word. Yeah. It hits. Yeah. There's no beat around the bush. There's no talk about oceans. No talk about grass. No talk about my heart. <laughs> Sloppy wet kiss. All that weird. Stuff oh my god, I hear that. It's like get to the point. <laughs> Let me worship now. Yeah. No, exactly. Oh. Sometimes you just want to get right there. And you know who's <clears throat> I have to mention called out music, yeah, because yeah, he's yeah, been doing yes. a great job on his Instagram of just like almost reviving these old school songs that were like, oh my God, I've heard that so many times, or we've actually forgotten about. And when we hear it, we're like, oh my gosh, remember that song? We were singing My Lifetime. Oh I, give God. I love that song. When I give God my lifetime, oh. he will take care of oh. me. He will never let me down. He will never, never let me down. I will give God my lifetime. God, my lifetime. Fantastic. So when you hear that, yeah, I've sang it horribly, guys. Please believe (laughs) I sing better than that. My God's grace. But anyway, um, he, um, when you hear songs like that, do you know what I mean? It just, it's just so simple and beautiful, and Mm. that's priceless, man. Yeah, it really, really is. But it will still be interesting to see, like, you know, in 10, 20 years' time, there were obviously going to be some songs that came out in the past couple of years or so that are going to still hit the same way that all of these old gospel songs do as well. And I'm pretty sure it was the same for our parents. Maybe when they first heard Heart of Worship, they were like, what is this? Yeah. (laughs) That was a heart of worship. I'm I'm not vibing with it, you know. I'm not vibing with this at all. But, uh, you know, that's one good thing about music. It's like it's never ending and you can always, always rediscover. You can always be touched by different lyrics at different points in your life for different reasons. And I think that's where, obviously, as a Christian, at least, that's why I think gospel music is so different because it's not about, ideally, it's not about your sales. It's not about who comes to your concert. It's about worshipping God, basically. And putting that music out there and knowing that it's going to touch somebody at some point, like, especially when it was, I guess it's always intentional, but sometimes... I watch a gospel artist performing and I'm like, did you know what you were doing when you did that? Because I'm being touched five years later. Yes. Sometimes even 10. I was in the pits of despair literally on Monday because I had no Wi-Fi. Let me tell you now, it takes a toll. (laughs) (laughs) I was literally spiraling mentally. Yeah. And I listened to my favorite song, the one that always brings me back, Be Still by Travis Green. And I was watching the video. It was just like a casual video, like him in like some dark room with his guitar, people standing around them performing it. But it was just so lovely to see. And he was mm-hmm. standing there singing. And I was looking at his face thinking, like, do you know the potential of this song when you were recording? Like, do you know how amazing that is? Yes, yes. The reach a gospel artist can have, or just any person that's ministering at any point, you know, to others, for others, for God. It's like mm-hmm. you have no, you can't, you can never comprehend how timeless that touch is going to be, like how timeless this, this ministration is going to be. It's, it's never ending. Do you get what I mean? Like 
it's so amazing to be able to partner with God in that way. And like, yeah. I feel like people that are in worship ministry, honestly, like it's such a privileged, privileged position to be in. Yeah. But someone can literally think back to that moment, that song. Mm-hmm. And and it's you like saying yes to God at the end of the day. Do you know what I mean, and like you said, I can listen to a song that was played 10 years ago. I don't know what that person was going through, what was going on at that time. Yeah. But yeah. whatever they did in that song. They did it. <laughs> They did it and it works and it's literally influencing me positively now. Mm-hmm. So I feel like music is not something to be played with. It's not. It's not. I, I think the sheer fact that you can hear a song for the first time in literally 10 years and almost sing a word for word is enough of a reason to put some respect on the name of music because, yeah. damn. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. <laughs> This is the So You Can Play podcast. In other news, we wanted to talk a little bit about some of the things you've been seeing on TikTok. So recently, I was telling Adefala how I've been seeing a lot of fake Nigerian weddings. Yeah. And I am here for it. Like, oh yeah. At first, when I first saw it, I was a bit confused and I yeah. was kind of like, what's going on? Like, you know, what's happening? And then I caught the vibe. I said, no, this is the vibe. Like, I feel like it's so hilarious. It's so Generation Z vibes. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Most 100%. definitely. And I just think the pandemic has like, it's affected. First of all, the dating game is just, the it's the ghetto. It's the ghetto. <laughs> it's the ghetto out here. And mm. I just feel like our generation, people are not getting married as often and as young as they used to. And so like, back in the day like there was always weddings going on like that's why like half of our parents didn't even need to like go to like motives or parties or gatherings because there was literally a wedding every other weekend there was something going on do you I mean in a lot of um let me say the black community and today it's very different um and I just like that they well the people that I'm talking about on this particular TikTok like they obviously love and embrace their culture so much because I think the fake wedding was in New Jersey um I just think it's funny. I see the humor in it. What do you think? It's interesting because I was speaking to my sister, my mom, about it today. And I, I'm, I'm in two minds about it. I get why people are like, yeah, this is so cool. It's just so funny. But I also get why some people are like, this is so weird. Just have a whole party. Like, <laughs> that's all it, like, it's a whole party with people who are pretending to get married, but they're not actually getting married. Like, you don't have to have that part of it. So I've only seen one of the TikToks, right? I don't know where this one was, but it was like a boyfriend and girlfriend who were like the suedo husband and wife, basically. Mm -hmm. They were kissing and everything, like it was an actual wedding, but they weren't actually getting married. And I was thinking, okay, I guess it's for viewing pleasure. I think, first of all, like you want to see a husband and wife. Nobody's actually getting married. So let's get the closest thing we can to that. And let, let, let me have a bit of fun, basically. So I understand that. But I think it was just like, I don't know, maybe because I am like Yoruba. It's like a Yoruba wedding as well. So like I'd yeah. seen it, I've seen it in real life. So seeing it, I tried to find it. It was hard to not see it as a bit of a caricature of the culture or like a, um, uh, try to see it as them not sen- sen- sensationalizing it. Oh, okay. I hear that. It I was weird. I just thought, I did think it was a bit weird. It was like, just have a party yeah you can wear that at a party you can dance like that at a party you can spray money at a party you yeah can go straight if you want to at a party but why is the wedding involved, wedding involved like, yeah. like 
it was given like come to my fancy dress party but the theme is your Nigerian wedding and we're going to do all of the traditions but no one's actually getting married <laughs> like you don't have to go you that far like yeah <laughs> when you say it like that it is weird but I feel like because the people that were doing it were Nigerians and I think that's what makes over, it weird that's like, overwhelming what? majority of them were Yoruba <laughs> yeah it was like another random culture that was just doing a, a Nigerian wedding it would be a bit more like sinister because you're like okay you guys are not Nigerian it's a bit weird it's not your culture whatever yeah. but because they were I feel like it wasn't as weird but like you said you could literally just do a whole party and you can still dress up in like the trad wear you guys still do that at hall parties and stuff like yeah dress up yeah. In that. yeah so I mean there is like a particular type of like certain materials and designs that you'd really only wear at a wedding so fair enough okay. Yeah. But I think your whole party could still thrive without all of that, to be honest with you. Yeah. But, <laughs> but do you know what? In the in the comments, there were mixed reviews. Like some people yeah. were like, wow, is the pandemic really affecting you, man? Like, <laughs> and first of all, they have a lot of money. A lot. You know, because that thing start... looked it looked like a real wedding. Like if they the didn't think thing... I wouldn't have known. The only thing missing was the fact that they weren't actually getting married. <laughs> As in they paid for everything, but there was no there was no marriage at the end of it. Oh, but yeah. I'm not judging though because they. I, don't, I hate to like stretch it like this, but I feel like the way African Americans interact with African culture and the way Brits do it is very different. I feel yeah. like in general, like we do see that, or we or we at least believe, or we sometimes think that Americans are a bit more distanced, even if they are like first gen like us. So I think for some of them, maybe it was just a way to like interact with the culture in a way yeah. that they thought was best. But I am I would not be surprised to find that it was more black Brits saying it was weird than black Americans saying it was weird. Oh okay. I heard that. No. And I guess I, I do get the Yoruba thing though. It's like at least it was them, but it's like, well if I wouldn't do it as a Yoruba person, why are you doing it as a Yoruba person? Like yeah. Like, I don't know. But I would I think I would have gone there to be honest. <laughs> if I was invited I would have I'll still be, I'll still go. I'll, I'll turn up. Take a leg. <laughs> I definitely would have been there. I remember I showed my mom and she was just like, what the hell is going on? Like, she was yeah. genuinely confused. And then she took it down the road of, oh, people are just cheapening marriage nowadays. I said, sis, we're not going down that road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get, what you're, I get what she's saying. It's like, this is a marriage, especially bearing in mind that we were doing that before white weddings. You know what I mean? So to some yeah. extent, that was a real wedding. It's like, who just throws a wedding because they want to go to a wedding? And I'm just thinking like, how did that conversation go? Like, Imagine your boyfriend coming to you and saying, babe, like, can we have a fake wedding? Like, imagine your, <laughs> imagine your parents and your family's reaction, like, when you explain yeah. to them that, oh, by the way, mum, I'm going, but it's just a fake wedding. We're just hanging out. Like, <laughs> our, our parents, their generation would not fathom it, huh? Like, yeah, don't you have things to do? My sister was saying to me, like, I doubt any of their parents were there. <laughs> like, no, no, no. Like, Everyone was young there. Perfect wedding. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think part of my reservations for it, like I said, I do think it's super interesting. Like, I'm not about to be like, oh, it's wrong. Like, I get, I think I get both sides quite equally. But I think part of my reservation is just in general. Recently, when I've been seeing like weddings and like engagements, I've just had to scroll past it quickly because I just, no, I just but don't why care. Why is everyone getting married? Like, <laughs> I've been seeing so many weddings recently. Yeah, so many. And proposals as well, yeah. So many proposals, so many weddings, but it's not really moving me. Like, I don't, I'm not, like, usually you'd sit and you'd be like, oh, but I think God needs to change my heart. Because recently I've been like, oh. 
And we're like, all right, you do that. <laughs> so that's why I scroll past fast because I don't have good vibes towards weddings right now and like engagements because I don't know, I guess I need to work through some things. Um, but I think that's part of <laughs> I think that's part of the reason why I was like a bit underwhelmed by it. It's yeah. like seeing all of these tweets and seeing everybody go, oh, my mates aren't getting married. I just want to go to a party. I just want to go to a wedding. It's like, am I missing something? Was it, is it that exciting? Because I've been to some before. Yeah. But I guess I've always been like a teen, like an awkward teenager at the wedding. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like people are just looking for the next fun thing to do. And like, yeah, yeah. parties are fun and stuff, but adding that like funny element of it like comically being like a wedding I think just gives it that edge yeah and like you know yeah. it's like those Nollywood parties those make me laugh exactly <laughs> like you know the Nollywood parties and everyone comes you know dressed up like that and yeah I just think um I, I personally at the beginning first time I saw it I was a bit like um <laughs> okay like weird yeah. but then when I saw more and more videos because I feel like it came more came on my feed and I saw like the group fake groomsmen like coming down. They were actually dancing to that new WizKid song. Yeah. Have you heard it? It's called um is it called I hope I'm not butchering it. I think it's called Anoni. No, no. I've not heard it. Anot Anotti. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anity. It's called Anity, <laughs> yeah. um, wait, send me those TikToks there because I've only seen the one on Twitter, the one that I saw on Twitter. So I'd oh, like okay. And they were basically coming um to like a while ago, uh, Wizkid released some promo and he was kind of like doing like a dance to this new song, yeah? yeah? So these guys were literally doing the dance he was doing and it just looked so lit. Like, yeah. I was just like, nah, this is hilarious. The thing is though, I, I understand though because people do love to look at Nigerian weddings. Like, yeah, I know yeah. some people are literally in love, in love, in love with them. And I do think they're very special too, but I guess it's not like, oh my gosh, look at this amazing culture that I'm not a part of. Like, for Yeah, because you're like, so used it. to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I do get why you would want to go, oh, I really want to go to a Nigerian wedding or I really want to go like to a, like an Indian wedding because we're so extravagant and we're so extra and there's just so much food and good vibes everywhere. But I think people are just craving enjoyment nowadays and that's another way it's manifesting. 100%. But it's so weird because like, you know how you said before, like before people did white weddings, this was actually their wedding. Mm. I bet you there's some people from the older generation that would be like, you guys are basically married now. Because <laughs> like That's you'd what I'm literally saying. done that. Like, I saw them doing like proper traditional like ceremonial thing. Everything. Like, <laughs> it's like you're married now, aren't you? Like just get, just get married. Honestly, like the only thing they're missing is the parents like blessing because honestly. They've literally done the whole thing. Oh, my gosh. Quick time to that. My sister was saying to me today that she thinks at her wedding, Wendy has to sit on her mother-in-law's lap. I might expose my sister right now. Anyway, she was like, when she sits, she has to sit on her mother-in-law's lap, she's going to start crying because yeah. that's not her mum. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> I said, me and you too, sis. Like, what the hell? Like, okay, fairs. But it's like, you're sitting on her lap because you're now her daughter. She's now your mum. And some mother-in-laws are out of their damn minds as well. And I feel oh, like yeah. some people don't really rear their true heads until you're now married, literally married into their family. So I can imagine like sitting on my mother-in-law's lap and being like, I don't want to sit here. <laughs> I, want to sit here. <laughs> I want my mommy. I want my mom. Like, why am I on your lap? You know? I've seen like a video of like a uh, Yoruba wedding, I think it was. Um, and I think after sitting on the mum's lap, the mum like got her wrapper and tied the daughter around like 
yeah. as if tying her on her back, like as if like she's holding her like a baby. Yeah. And I just thought, like, imagine that like, you don't even get on with your mother-in-law and she's like dancing <laughs> yeah, like this wicked woman. <laughs> this wicked woman. I feel like, like, as a lot of like people that are Africans basically in diaspora, yeah, I feel like a lot of us, I just feel like Africans in general have a lot of a, a phobia of like their mother-in-laws and in-laws in general. Like there's a lot yeah, of yeah. mistrust. Even before you've even met them, yeah. you feel like a sense of like, oh my gosh, are they going to like me? Like, are we going to yeah. get on? Because you hear so many horror stories, you know, yeah, so you often. Do. You do. So you, you do have to wonder, but you like some people have lovely, lovely mother mothers-in-laws. I actually, um, follow this lady on Instagram and it was her mother-in-law's birthday. So she was like posting um, like nice videos of them together. And they just seemed like they had the sweetest relationship. Oh. So like, you never know, you might get lucky. I think I'd have my guard up at first, not going to lie. Like it's yeah. going to be hard to beat my own mother. Okay, I don't think you have to, obviously. <laughs> I think you just have to be someone that I obviously love and care about eventually, but I'd have my, <laughs> <laughs> I'd have my guard up for a while. I'll be so honest, like, if I was in a relationship, I would not care to meet his family. <laughs> You'd be like, I don't need to meet your family. Obviously, like, obviously, like, I don't, okay, not, I don't want to meet them, but I'm not, like, I don't think I'm the kind of person that would be like, oh, I can't wait to meet your mom. Oh, I want to meet your siblings. Like, I actually don't care. Like, I, <laughs> I just care about you. But maybe I'm just scared to, like, see people's families, because that's, like, a next step thing. That's why I was confused in Love Island when they were like, oh, I can't wait to see your your parents I was like really you want to see their parents yeah it's, yeah it's scary sometimes so I don't really and I guess I'm just kind of scared to be judged by um someone that I care about and that is the thing someone like they, you, they will be judging you like yeah. however like you want to admit it like they will be like trying to figure you out yeah and rightfully so like you're dating that you like it's their child it's someone they've raised so exactly I'm not trying to be like under that scrutinizing eye yeah but I just think and I try to like look at it this way and even like when people marry into my family like I always try to remember that like even though you're trying to figure this person out and kind of see how they are you got to remember that like this is this person has a family that they come from too do you know what I mean yeah yeah they've got people that really love them too and that are wanting to figure out if your child is good for them as well do you know what I mean yeah yeah. so remember that like (laughs) This person is not just like anyone. That, there's a saying that we have in um, Luganda in, in, in my country, and it's like, it's the saying is on Wano Abandi, which means someone else, it literally directly translates to someone else's child. And yeah. it's like an endearing term. Uh, you like, you always say, oh, this is someone else's child. Like, you know, you got to remember that. Mm. So always remember. That's true. That's a good way to put it because I wouldn't want to bring a crazy person into my family. <laughs> And I'm the person that brought them in. Like, I'd like my parents to do, like, a background check too, so. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Fair enough. <laughs> but um, would you ever do, you know how, like, on TikTok, we've been seeing it go around with the scholarship pranks, yeah, on parents? Yeah. Would you ever do that to your parents? <laughs> I don't even know. I don't think they, I think they'd just be so confused. Yeah. Like, what are you actually talking about? Wait, explain it quickly for people that don't know. Um, okay, so. Um, on TikTok, basically, there's been these pranks going around where people will say, oh, um, I want to get a scholarship of, let's say, 10K to go to uni, yeah? um, and I need to do a video of my parents. So they'll be like, oh, my mum's my biggest inspiration. Like, ah, my mum, like, was 
used to steal food from the shops like she was a criminal she like they'll just make up all these outrageous <laughs> lies that their parents did to try and get the scholarship and basically the prank is like watching their parents reaction to these lies to see if they play along or not mm. so as you can imagine a lot of parents are not here for it for me yeah I couldn't do it to my mom because my mom's too clued on like my mom will like probably have already seen these videos on Facebook and be like oh, really? what you're doing yeah, my mom just is my mom's done with the kids. She'll probably have already known. Oh. Whereas my dad, like, oh, it would be such good content. <laughs> my dad is so funny. Like, I I honestly believe like he would react the funniest, but then I don't know. I don't know, but I do it to my dad, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like one thing to think about it, another thing to actually do it. Yeah. I don't think I'd have the stomach to even start saying the words because I know what's about to go down. As in the lies, the actual lies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. But you, and what makes it funny is that it's so annoying when people do it and start laughing because it's obvious that it's fake. You've got to keep such a straight face. Like you've got to be serious with it. <laughs> oh my goodness. But no, I love a good prank. Like I think pranks are hilarious, but obviously within reason, there's some pranks that are just like, have you seen pranks where people will pretend that they've died? Yeah. Do you remember that, uh, that popular one with Diera and Ken? Did you ever watch it? Yeah, yeah, I know them. I don't know, but what, did she pretend that she had died? Yeah, like, you know, back in the day, they used to do, like, pranks, right? And I remember, yeah. I, was, like, in, I think I was in sixth form or something like that, or maybe first year of uni. Mm. And, yeah, she did a prank where she pretended to be dead. Like, she got fake blood, put it all over the apartment, put it on her body, and then she was, like, lying on the floor <laughs> in the bathroom. <laughs> and then he comes home, and he's like, oh, dear, I wake up. And he's like, we've been heard. And she's just like, dead. And he's like, oh, my God. He literally started crying. He cried there and then. And she was dead. Nah. It was messy. It was so messy. No, that's crazy. I just feel like that's too far. I remember seeing a similar prank here of a husband and wife. The wife pretended she was dead. Husband came in with his dad and his brother. As soon as they got into the bathroom, she had pretended she died in the bathtub, so there's blood everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like in shock, and his brother immediately threw up in the sink. Like he kept like literally divulging oh all this vomit into the sink. The father-in-law was starstruck. So the husband got into the water and he was shaking her. Like he got in the water with the blood and everything. He was like, no, like what's going on? And, the, and then the dad was like, don't touch her. This is evidence. This is a this is a scene now. Don't put your fingerprints. Like the dad was going like FBI on him. And <laughs> oh, oh my, my gosh, it was crazy. And she proper like played dead for t- a time, like a good 15 minutes. Oh, and she could see like how distressed they were. And she was that's like, evil. I'm sorry. That has to be something broken on your head to continue that for 15 minutes. <laughs> what the hell? And she trashed the house to make it look like it was a burglary that happened. And you know, yeah. It, see, there's a fine line because at that point, that much chaos, chaos should not give you that much pleasure. You're weird. <laughs> You're weird for that. As in, no, it's, it's true. Like there was a there's a, there was a point in third year where we kept pranking each other, like me and my friends. <laughs> we just kept doing like silly little pranks. But I think that's that's harmless, right? But it gets to a point where it's like, why does seeing other people's pain give you so much pleasure? <laughs> it's just weird. It's like, especially because you have the power, because you know the truth. It's like you know this is fake. Yeah. But you just yeah. want to see them panic and then you want to be like, oh, it's just a joke. And then you want to see their face change and be like, ah, oh, it was just a joke. That's that's crazy. Especially yeah, if it it's... involves like death or like something really, really, really scary, like a big fat spider or like a snake or something like that. I've seen someone do it with the child. They pretended the child got run over 
that yeah, see, that's weird. Funny, it's you deserve, weird. You deserve and you're watching the mum like go like you know the thought that your child has been run over <laughs> and the fire. And it, I, the what made it worse is the child was fake child was run over and then was like um an explosion of fire. So proper job done. <laughs> oh my god, the poor mum. Not even not even jail time, but like psych ward, I guess. Like you need some serious help or divine intervention if that's giving you pleasure. Some jokes just aren't are not funny. Not funny at all. But <laughs> <laughs> well, one all. funny one I saw years ago was um this guy was pranking his wife that he cheated, yeah. So he was like, babe, I've just got to like admit, like, I'm so so sorry, but like I stepped out on our marriage, like I cheated. And she was like, she was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. And he was like, what? And she was like, I did the same thing. Like, I just didn't know how to tell you. Oh my, are you serious? I'm sorry, found out. Oh my God. No, she had seen the camera. So she played the joke back on him. Oh, okay. Okay. He was losing his mind. Like he was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Crazy stuff. That's a red flag though. If someone tries to prank you like that, bye. That is not yeah, right. talk about red flags. See ya. Red, 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 red. Talking of red flags, I saw the tweet that you sent me and it said, um, <laughs> the girl, uh, <laughs> she said, if your girl or if the girl that you're talking to has her pasta and her DVs, <laughs> definitely a red flag. It's well, I'm sorry. Like, I mean, I like, get that people put pictures of people they care about as their DV. Mm-hmm. But it's just like ugh, it's weird. No, definitely these times you've never met the pastor. It's a <laughs> mega church. You never you don't even know him. It's just someone you look up to spiritually. So you pretty much what they do. We can't make this up. It's too funny. You gotta mm. love the church, man. That's a big red flag right there. Oh but guys, it's been quite a long minute, so it hasn't oh, been. <laughs> how long has it been? I wasn't even looking at the time. <laughs> I promise you oh. it's like an hour. <laughs> Sorry. Oh. Sorry. It's a mini load, not mini load. <laughs> mini load. Oh man! But guys, thank you for riding with us. We hope you enjoyed this long mini load. Spin your girl, Joyce. And it's been me, definitely.